Hello all you beautiful people, welcome to Drag Me Up with William King, episode 4. I am your host, William King, but I'm sure you already knew that. On this episode, I got to interview the beautiful Demi Valentine. And in this episode, we kind of get into support within the drag community, what it takes to be a drag queen, and even come up with my very own drag name. Uh, I think this was a really fun episode, I can't wait for y'all to hear it. So let's dive right into it. Hey everyone, I'm here with my wonderful boyfriend, the beautiful Demi Valentine. Demi, how are you? Doing great, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Yeah, I'm so glad to finally do this. <laughs> I am too, it feels like it's been forever since I've done an episode, so it's nice to kind of get back in it, it's nice to have you on. Um, I feel like might as well just kind of jump right into it, uh, as this kind of goes. So I guess to start with, I just kind of want to know some about your kind of story of coming out and what that was like for you. Sure. Um, so coming out wasn't a big, uh, wasn't a big, uh, I'm not going to say it wasn't a big deal, but it wasn't like a big, uh, like something I needed everyone to know. Mm. And um, I guess... When I um, knew I was gay, um, I was around 12, 13. We had just moved to Georgia. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom was the first to, I guess, know officially. Um, however, my sister said that she uh, always knew. And um, my mom took it really well. My mom's always been accepting of me. And she's always been really supportive of, you know, who I want to be. And um, I think she's waiting for, as long as we still get those grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm having, I mean, through, I met your mom and she really, like, I see her at your shows and even just, like all like on social media and stuff, she is like one of the most supportive people I have ever met. Yeah, she's my number one fan, and um, she's literally helped me uh, to start drag. And you know, I could I really just love her to death. She's the number one mom, and um, and then my dad, um, we didn't tell him till. I was 16. Mm. He lives in Florida. Um, they sep- My mom and him separated a long time ago. And, um, I don't know. I guess me not telling him was mm, just something I wasn't thinking of. Oh, that, now, was it like, because you didn't know how he'd react? Or was it just, uh, like, not... Because he wasn't here, it just wasn't at, in the forefront of your mind. That could play a role, the fact that he's not, like, physically living in Georgia. Mm. And, you know, in Georgia, that was, like, my teenage years. And that's when I kind of was, like, really developing um, of who I was. And um, to a maybe small extent, I didn't know how he was going to react. Um, I feel like my dad, you know, I've had a great relationship with him. Um He's very hyper-masculine, and, you know, he used to, when I was young, you know, always talk about girls and everything, and, um, and I was just 
along with it, not really, you know, thinking much about it. And then um, eventually, I did, when I did tell him, he was crying because he felt like I think I could have told him sooner. And um, so, yeah. And I can understand that a little bit of that. Uh, I mean, from both sides, the not even not necessarily being upset, but just kind of the. I mean, right. Because I mean, I think that's a big deal, no matter. Because, but, right. um, but now he's been so supportive. He's been that's wonderful. You know, telling him about my shows, and um, he's happy I'm doing what I do. I'm doing what makes me happy. Well, good. Um. And so, hearing about your shows, let's we get into what this podcast is a lot about. How did you get into drag? Like, um, what was the moment that was like, that is what I want to do? Um, so, um, I guess a lot of now, uh, most people my age are getting into drag. Probably from watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, Something mentioned on this podcast many times. Right. Um, but I wasn't thinking of doing drag after I watched that. Um, it was fun to watch the show. Mm. Um, I didn't think I started thinking about doing drag until I saw my own drag show. And my first drag show experience that I saw was actually in Las Vegas with, uh, we call him Auntie C, but, um, he is our... Um, he's like an uncle figure, and um, he's been really supportive for me of my drag career as well, and very helpful. And um, he took me to uh, a couple drag shows, and it was it was really it was a great experience, and um, it was nice seeing people uh, have an outlet to uh, express themselves, and. And when I came back to Georgia, after that trip in Las Vegas, um, I kind of just brought the same energy, and um, I met some people, and I did my first show at The Hideaway in Atlanta. See, it's interesting, because I didn't know anything about the, uh, that's about, that's where you found your kind of passion for drag. I think that's really interesting. I mean, I feel like, um, no, I think the most important thing to do is to know where it all started and it wasn't on drag race it was at the local bars local gay clubs and um that's where drag originated from and um so i'm glad i got to saw that perspective instead of just going into drag with this idea that it's like some reality tv show and it's because it's not Sure, like, I mean, I've even seen that since being with you and you introducing me into the this drag world. I mean, I'm not a drag queen by any means, but uh, what you see on Drag Race and what you see backstage at a drag show at a local bar are totally separate. Yeah. Uh, it's not saying, like, even going into it with a view, like, expecting what you see on drag race is a bad thing Mm -hmm. it's just that i would imagine as a young up-and-coming queen that you probably get a pretty hard reality check when you get it's like (laughs) your first show or something and you realize that it's not necessarily as glamorous as drag race may make it look 
Oh, it's a lot of work. And that's all. I mean, that's all I figured. Is that like going to your shows and seeing like y'all put a lot of work into what y'all do? Yeah. Um, it pays off, and you can tell. But I mean, y'all really put in some hours on these looks and what you do, and I mean. It's a lot more than just kind of getting out there and dancing around and stuff like that. It's really impressive. Right. And, you know, honestly, being a drag queen is being a performer, a hairstylist, a makeup artist, uh, a dancer, sometimes a singer. Like, you're just, like, kind of, like, doing all of it. And it's it's pricey. It gets expensive. and But, um... Yeah, of course. I mean, like that's why I think it's interesting that you mentioned that you're not just one thing. Like you've got to be like you've got to know how to dance and potentially sing, and then you've got to be able to put together an outfit and do a wig or your hair and your makeup. Like there's a lot going on that you've got to do as one person. Seamstress, I forgot that one. (laughs) Yeah, the amount of stuff you have to do is incredible. Um, and so sometimes I don't like watching you get ready. I don't know how in the world you do it. Well, you have a lot of you know uh, support from other queens helping, and then um, and once you've done like I wasn't used I used to not be really terrible with makeup, and I still I'm not the best with it. But um, after a while, you kind of know what your image what you want your image to look like and um and from there you kind of i guess you know get used to drawing your face hmm. yeah. well it's like anything it, i think like it takes practice right and <laughs> sorry my cat <laughs> our second guest of the night cosmo <laughs> uh, but yeah like like anything i think it like it takes because I'm even with me podcasting or in my other hobbies as a musician, it takes time and practice to get good. And, uh, yeah. and you haven't been a queen for terribly long. Nope, just since this May um, at the Hideaway, and that was my first time doing drag. And honestly, it was a very welcoming experience. Um, it was nice seeing uh, a lot of people welcome me. Um, and I literally went out there in a robe and some lingerie, and and I, you know, I think most people think, oh, I'm the shit. And at that point, I really thought I was the shit. And then, and then you get to look back and you'll be like, oh wow, I can't believe I did that. Like, there's so many things that I wasn't even doing. Like. And um, there's still a lot of things that um, I get critiqued about, um, about my drag. Um, like uh, my hair, I have very long hair, and um, I use some of my natural hair when I perform. And um, But uh, other queens have reassured me that, you know, that don't listen to them, and that, you know, if you, you can incorporate your hair in drag. See, I was about to say, like, I want to get back and ask you about the hideaway in a minute, but since you bring up your hair, that's something I've always, you, I've heard you mention it multiple times, but 
Like, why is it a problem that you use, like, or incorporate your natural hair into your drag? Like, mm. <clears throat> well, I can't give you a specific answer because I've never had a, I don't think it's a problem. Sure. Um, I guess it's how you do it. Um, I don't know. Maybe some people think that it's not really doing drag because drag queens ultimately wear a wig and to hide their hair um, so it depends who you're talking to I guess maybe more traditional queens might not like it as much and um, but at the same time I feel like there are some people who are probably the complete opposite who you know just don't care for welcoming and as long as it looks cute. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you have like some gorgeous flowing hair like yours, <laughs> why not use it? Like, but um, I've been trying to do new stuff. Like, like you saw me wore a wig for my pageant. Yeah. Um, at Friends on Pont, the Friends Neighborhood Bar, and um, so I wouldn't mind getting into wigs. Uh, I just need to, you know, practice some more and um. I've had multiple people reach out to me and who want to help me. Yeah, like you said, it's uh, kind of just experimenting with different styles and queens kind of find their own style. And I think you've done a pretty good job of, like, even since the time that I've met you and have seen you in drag, I've noticed your drag kind of evolve a little more and become a little more refined. Yeah. Um, and it's really, it's, it surprised me when I, you told me how short a time you've been doing drag, because you do a very good job of it. Um, uh, but I do want to get back to, you mentioned your first show at The Hideaway. How did you, like, it's one thing to say, okay, I want to do drag. How do you take the next step and, like, get, like, book a show? Or book a spot? Mm. Um, I've had a lot of people who know that I am dating a drag queen. Ask me, well, one, how did he start? Like, how does he, do you just show up to a bar and drag and you go, or is it a little more involved? What do you do? Um, I guess to me, something important is having connections. Hmm. Um, uh, so I've done a lot of, uh, I've been trying to network <coughs> a lot, um, at different events to, you know. When you're networking, you're not just, you know, trying to, you know, get a gig. You're trying to make, you're making friends, you're making, you know, acquaintances, you're, um, so, I mean, all it takes is just one person to say, you know, give you that chance of, uh, if, as far as a hideaway, um, uh, Edward, uh, who is has drag is her drag name is Sharon Needles. Um, he gave me uh, a little opportunity to perform, and it's just it's a charity gig, and I was happy. I was really I was thankful, and um, I still go over there sometimes um, and do a show, and. Um, yeah, so I guess like, getting into it, um, you need to have the confidence, and then you also need to have um, 
someone willing to let you perform, obviously. So, I want to say, like, you said you started in May. So, let's take it back to the May at the Hideaway. You just finished your first performance. Did you... Back then, did you see... Did you think you would be where you are now at this point in your drag? Mm. Um, did you think it was going to be... Did you think you would be as... Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if prominence the right word, but as active as you are now with drag mm. when you start. I think after that show, I knew that I wanted to keep doing this. Mm. So I kind of was doing it for a couple of weeks. And then um, and that's when uh, the show at Tijuana Garage after a couple of weeks, show at Tijuana Garage started, and um, and once that happened, it was my first paid gig, and so from then, that's what kind of kept the longevity of me starting. So I think the probably the hardest part of drag is starting, because hmm. um, once you're in it, though, you can you know you have you know repertoire of, you know, connections and outfits and clothing and jewelry, um, and I'm still building that up, um, and you also want to build a following and, you know, a, a reputation, especially here in the Atlanta scene, um, where drag is kind of, it's kind of popping, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's kind of, I guess, somewhat a big deal in Atlanta. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't say it's super mainstream. Um, no, but it, se it seems like it's definitely got its pretty strong following. Yeah. And, um, <coughs> so from then, um, once I started, went on, uh, from Hideaway to Tijuana Garage, I'm trying to get a little tipping spots other place in Atlanta. And, um, and I've met so many other new queens who are in the same place as me, just trying to get a gig, and who just want to perform. And it's it's actually really nice because I didn't have a lot of friends in in Atlanta, and now it's just now there's a whole community of people that I'm really close with. Well, I think that's great. Like, I'm glad that the drag can... It's really... It's, it's an interesting kind of community within a community, if you will. Um, to be able to... Like, because, I mean, you have the LGBT community, which is most of the drag queens I've met, or you've introduced me to, tend to be, like, gay men. Uh, but even then, you kind of have the sub-community of queens in general. Um, and it's seen, y'all see, it's a fairly tight-knit group. Yeah. Um, my first, I remember my first, I want to say I was to my first drag sister. Probably, that I got really close with was St. Venus. And, um, we kind of got on the show together. Um, I think 
when they were asking me if I knew any other queens that would want to be a part of this, um, that's one of the first people I asked because I had met her at one of the Wissy Mag events. And I think this one was for, might have been for Asia O'Hara um, at, um, at Heretic. Um, and then, you know, it was just it was kind of happening and I was just so excited and cause like I wasn't expecting this pay gig to come and um, so I honestly really appreciate uh, Danny uh, at Tijuana for, um, for helping me get started basically yeah um, um, <coughs> no I've seen you perform at Tijuana Garage a couple times and it's a really y'all are a pretty incredible cast yeah, it's a very diverse cast, I would say that. Yeah. Because um, um, we just have all different types of people performing, and which which is, I feel like, we need more of, because there's, I feel like, a lot of places are a little divided. Like, you have your club kids, and your pageant queens, mm. and... Um, and sometimes they, I guess, they mesh sometimes. So that's why when people, you know, try to define what drag is, um, they're usually wrong. And I know that sometimes I'll try to define it, but I think, uh, drag is, you know, it's essentially female impersonation, uh, or male impersonation, but... Um, ultimately, it's it's such a spectrum of different people. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty amazing thing. Like, you go to Tijuana Garage, and it's a you get a very diverse group of I mean, what performance styles for one, mm-hmm. but even then, just the performers are mm-hmm. a very diverse cast. And I think it's really interesting because y'all are a really talented cast and. I agree that I'm a little bit biased because with you performing, but I even taking that taking that bias away from friends I've brought and other people I've met there who are seeing the show have had nothing but good things to say about it. Um, and I think part of it comes from y'all are a cast who, for the most part, y'all mesh together really well. Like y'all really enjoy performing together and uh, kind of being this little like family kind of family unit of sorts we've been trying to do that we've been trying to be a close niche family and you know that does drag together and um and I've had queens reach out to me you know reminding me if I need anything just let them let let them know like Dynasty St. James who has been a big role model for me um and I'm just happy I get to work with her and um and also uh like the Athens show mm-hmm. with the courtesans is probably the most welcoming experience I've ever had with a show no one was you know you know I don't mind taking constructive criticism but um there's a difference between that and just being rude and so, if you're going to, like, I guess, you know, 
if you're gonna try to like you know tell me something wrong about me at least help me fix it that's well, like you mentioned the courtesans I'm on my last episode I had Alex Suarez of the courtesans on and I mentioned you and she had nothing but just wonderful things to say about you and they were so I love and, her and well that made me feel good because it, it goes to what you're saying that they were and even just kind of as a semi-outsider not being a drag queen but kind of get kind of dipping my toes into the world by association mm -hmm. talking with them and meeting they are some of the nicest people and they put on one hell of a show they put on a show and it was just so inviting and i think that's what we really need here in atlanta um we need more people to give these you know baby queens and young queens a chance and, you know, it doesn't have to be so, you know, I mean, I'm a very competitive person, but it doesn't have to be so, you know, cold-hearted and, you know, you're just looking out for yourself. It, can, it should be like, like, you know, we should all bring each other up and, yeah. That's one thing uh, Alex mentioned was, in Athens, it tends to be very a welcoming drag scene like we're gonna give you your chance and maybe if it doesn't if this show doesn't work out well we'll give you another shot we want to see you succeed we're and we're not we're not talking that atlanta's not that way but atlanta well, yeah. atlanta's a bigger city a bigger scene right. and you've got a lot more you've got some pretty prominent drag queens in atlanta right. so it's a, like you've got some people who they don't have time for these new queens who look like look a mess and are just trying like are trying their best like they, they wouldn't have time for someone like me to go like my first time going out there like well i know what you mean and i'm not and there have there have been people in atlanta who are putting an effort to put you know people who are just recently starting out um queen faraz has a talent show every wednesday um at felix's atlanta and um, honestly, I told her plenty of time, like, what you're doing is amazing. You're getting a bunch of people who, you know, don't usually have the chance to perform, and they get to, you know, turn it out. And now I'm so happy that, you know, the courtesans have done the newbies night now, and they're doing the same thing. And so I guess there's multiple people who are, you know, are actively... Doing that, but I still just think that there's more progress to be made. Oh yeah, I don't mean to like shit talk Atlanta, <laughs> uh, because obviously I'm a, I'll say I'm, kind of a, outsider looking into the drag community because I'm not a drag queen. Um, and I do this podcast, and obviously I'm, I have become more associated with the drag community through you. Um, so I think I know a little more than the average show goer but that still i don't know the ins and outs of the community because i'm not a drag queen but kind of from what i've heard talking to some people and to you atlanta's not always the easiest place to be a new queen um and that's like you said it's not like it it's not like they won't give you a chance but there's still some progress to be made that can to make it a little more welcoming to a queen who's just trying to give it her, like just trying to make basically get her shot in spotlight right and uh, 
obviously it happens because like with you in the hideaway and now you're you have a weekly show and i have bookings throughout the week every now and again and, yeah um so it's it's definitely i mean you've got a it sounds like from what i've gathered from you've got to work for it but if you're willing to work for it you can really you can go pretty far in Eliza in the drag scene you can especially if you're you know putting like you said you're putting in the work and um, you're talking to the right people and you know so it's definitely possible See, I think it's funny that with this drag, so many people do it as a hobby, but it's a hobby that's almost like a second job, because with how much you have to make connections and how, yeah. and, and it's not, like, and how busy it keeps you and things like that, I mean, and to an extent, it's a job, because like, you are either being paid or you do get tips, and I mean, so that does make you at least semi-professional, but... Try not to like. I guess a, you know. I don't ever call it a job. Yeah. That kind of makes it sound like you know. But um. But since I love doing it so much, and since I love being a performer, it's definitely um, become something very uh, important in my life. And um, well, see, that's one thing I like about I've noted with you is that. You're an up and coming queen, but you're not afraid to experiment with stuff. Like, uh, well, you mentioned earlier uh, the Friends on Ponds uh, in their show. You were in their pageant uh, this back in November. Yep. Congratulations. And congratulations to Ivana Piranha. Congratulations. Yeah. She did amazing, and um, I was just happy to be even a part of it. And, um, and, Luckily, since I won that um, the October contest, I'll be performing um, in January, the second Sunday. Well, what I wanted to mention was that you, like, you did what none of the other queens did. Like, you had, like, backup dancers up there and <laughs> were out there choreogra- like, choreographing and something. And then you mentioned that you're performing again in January and you're asking... Like you want me to provide musical, like basically live music, and I think it's really interesting. It's pretty bold to do kind of experimental stuff like that because that's not like I've I've seen a couple some queens uh, sing live before, not lip sync, but and I I haven't seen many do like pull in their own backup dancers or have live music played, and I think that's a really it's pretty cool that you're kind of experimenting a little bit with the norm especially as such a young queen yeah i like i mean i like you know incorporating new things into my drag since it's still developing and it's still new i'm just trying to see what works for me and so um i like to essentially help other people to you know plug in you know their talent and um so that's why when, you know, I asked you to, you know, maybe if you can accompany me during a number, um, you know, because I know you have a love to perform, you, you enjoy performing and you enjoy playing music. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I would love that to be a part of my drag. And 
So, um, yeah, I feel like that, you know, there's so much things you can do besides just lip syncing. Um, um, I've gotten pretty close with a group of people who are into ballroom and because um, they know I like to vogue a little bit in my in my uh, performances and they've kind of been teaching me new things and uh, uh, how to you know uh, essentially uh, you know vogue and so um, I really think them a lot too now I do want to say go ahead and ask for people who may not be super educated on th like dance terms and drag. What is voguing? Um, so I think voguing originally uh, was a dance uh, that originated in New York uh, with uh, queer. African Americans, um, and um, it's uh, a style of dance that is influenced um, through, you know, I guess modeling mm. and fashion, and um, it's just you know, it's really eccentric, and it can be you know dramatic, but it can also be very soft and. Um, yeah. Yeah, I want to make sure just to kind of get an explanation so people can understand a little better. I guess in mainstream culture, it's kind of just been, you know, you know, kind of posing, mm. um, you know, but I think, you know, uh, now that I've learned more about the ballroom culture, and, um, I feel much better about it. I feel like I'm not just doing it because... I saw someone, like, move their hands and duck walk on TV or on a video or something. Yeah. Um, I think before you get involved in something, you should know uh, the background and where it kind of came from. Definitely. I think that's important. Um, <coughs> yeah, I think it's interesting that you're doing this and kind of, you are and experimenting with doing different things and utilizing other people's talents that you've met. Why not? But I'll, not just for your benefit, for the people as well. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned, for me accompanying you because I do enjoy being able to perform and as a musician to be able to help you, as well as having your backup dancers, two of your fellow queens. Uh, I mean, it's a little bit of now. Great that they weren't in drag at your performance, but I mean, anytime to have a little bit of exposure and just a chance to perform if anything you're giving performers and you're providing another outlet for performers to go out and perform mm -hmm. and at the end of the day that's what we all want is anytime we can have a little bit of the spotlight it feels fantastic definitely no um you know someone gave me a platform so i think the best way i could return that is by giving someone else a platform sure and so i think that's what um I think that's what the drag community needs to do. They need to band together, and, you know, if someone gives you a spot, you need to plug someone in that is either, you know, also trying to get a spot. And, 
um, and that's how we help each other. And um, I think one of my uh, advisors for my scholarship once told me that you know if you think you're good and if you think you're good and um, but the person next to you and your friend is not doing well, then you're not doing good. Because mm-hmm. you're only, you're only doing good as good as you know as your peers and your fellow. What in my case, my sisters. You know, if so, maybe you know, Atlanta drag will be more significant when you know we support each other more. See, I think it's funny that you make that sentiment. I think that sentiment pops up anywhere where there is even a slightly bit of like teamwork. It was like in my career, never musical outlets. You always hear, "You're only as strong as your weakest player." Mm-hmm. Like it sounds similar to kind of what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Like, you're only as good as the person next to you, and if they're struggling, then... Right. Especially when you're being in band. Exactly, yeah. One person off sounds kind of, like, kind of makes the band sound bad. Sure, and I think you can relate to, like, say you're cast at T1 Garage. One person, like, one queen who is doing their best, but just they could be struggling because they're new and may not have a lot of connections or ability to may not really have a direction yet for their drag and so with and if none of the other queens are helping then but i'm granted you're not obligated because it's not necessarily a team drag is not necessarily a team right but at the same time like you mentioned a lot you want to see others succeed because Mm -hmm. someone did that for you so ideally you should give back and do that for someone else Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's really, I think that's a really cool thing to think about because, I mean, you were given this opportunity and were given opportunities to thrive as well because people helped you. If you're in a point that you can help someone who you were in their position not that long, not even, in your case, not even a year ago, why not help them? Right. Because... It doesn't doesn't take, I mean, sometimes... to go out of your way for somebody it does take a lot energy yeah but you know if someone put the, put in the effort and the energy to, to help you get to where you are you know anyone who ever thinks that oh I got here all by myself and you know I didn't need anybody's help they're lying sure I mean I don't think anyone very few or I'll say very few people can honestly say in whatever their pursuit was I made it here by myself. Right. So, um, yeah, help each other. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, both, I mean, even look at this podcast, I can't, I don't even know how many people you've, like, name-dropped or mentioned as either helping you or people you've associated with that have influenced you or just are, like, mentioning when I mentioned the Friends on Ponds, uh, congratulating Yvonne Prada or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. Little, even it's even little things like that, just name recognition. Yeah. Um, which it's like it's so big and so important, um, especially in drag, which is uh, you've got to make a name for yourself, and uh, any way you can get your name out there is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, like I mean, being a musician or an actor, or whatever it may be, is all the same. Like your name and getting your name and face out there are really important. Which is part of the reason I want to do this podcast and grow it, because 
maybe it's a small way to get not only y'all's stories told, but have people listening to this and hear about y'all and want to see y'all perform and so y'all get a bigger following. Right. Um, just as a way of giving back. Like, it's one of those, like, I tell everyone before I interview y'all, like, this podcast is as much for me as it is for y'all. Like, I want this to help y'all because y'all are giving me the vehicle to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, like, in a lot of things, it's, it sounds like it's kind of a two-way street. Um, and mentioning names and things, I asked Alex Suarez this as well, and I want to ask you, where did the name Demi Valentine come from? <laughs> All right. Well, I have a little group chat with some some gays I made friends with in high school, and you probably heard me talk about them a lot. Uh, Kelton and Isaac. Yeah, um, I, I know you talk about them quite a bit. Like, yeah, they're my they're like my closest friends, and unfortunately, now both of them have had to move. Isaac is. Um, moved to North Carolina. He is in the Marines, and um, Kelton recently had to move to Missouri um, with his family. And so, but luckily, we've kept in touch. Like, you know, most people who move, you know, we just don't talk anymore. But with them, it's like I always talk to them. And as far as my drag name is concerned, um, you know, we still all like, you know, Kiki and talk about Drag Race and um, and essentially it's like like any like person who's watching something it's like oh what would you do if you were on there uh. so um, we were all like creating names for ourselves and it was really funny and um, I mean Demi is just I picked Demi because that was the female version of a very effeminate version of Dimitri, hmm. my boy name, and um, and then Valentine. I mean, I just thought it kind of had like a little ring to it, um, and then I found out later that Valentine is a pageant name, and um, it didn't make me want to change it or anything. I still liked it, and um, so yeah, I guess I'm talking about my drag name. And, to this day, me and my friends, we still kind of joke about it, and because, you know, from then, from watching Drag Race, we weren't, like, literally picking our names, we were just saying how funny or... Yeah, it's like hypothetically. Right, hypothetically. And then, so, now that, you know, that it went from, you know, that just joking around to like me actually performing it's just crazy it's funny how those things like you can be sitting there like oh man this is just kind of joking to i can give it like a year or two later and here you are performing under this name that you were just created with some friends right um it's just funny how that works um Mm -hmm. i've had a lot of people ask me what would your drag name be yep (laughs) so many people and i tell them oh yeah well it's like my boyfriend's a drag queen what would your drag name be haven't even thought of it. <laughs> I've not thought that far. Never. Mm. I mean, I've thought about it, but nothing good comes up. I, I cannot put a first and last name some together. Some people, some people use like try to make a female version of their. Well, William doesn't have a good female version. There is. Hmm. Uh, there is. <laughs> uh, 
So, it, I don't know, it's difficult when you're, he's like, luckily Dimitri to Demi is a pretty good job. Like, Demi's a pretty good feminine name for William, you don't really get that. Wilhelmina. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, I mean, it's better than, in my head, I was thinking Wilma, so. Not Wilma. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Wilhelmina's better, but. No. Uh... <laughs> it's not the best. And especially when you see that. Some people have some very interesting ways they get their drag names. Some people like to do like a play on words. Um, so, some people use their real names. Um, Such as the case of Alex Suarez. Yeah. Um, so. Unfortunately, William King is relatively masculine. It doesn't quite. Uh, William Queen. Well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. We have found my drag name. <laughs> Even if you have to feminize it to Wilhelmina Queen, there you go. Mm-hmm. You heard it here. Uh, now, you did mention, though, you mentioned Valentine being a pageant name. What is a pageant name? Um, so, like, I guess there's a more official way of doing drag. It's basically like... Uh, let me help women do pageants um sure only for drag queens and it's really usually there's a lot of rules and you know judges and it's very regal and you know i was like you did the pageant in november right but honestly that was my first pageant ever (laughs) and uh and so there are probably like other pageants that are more um hmm, I don't know what the word more um you know renowned I guess yeah it's not like saying anything bad about uh the New Faces pageant just no it's not there are some that are probably bigger and more well known and not like what what New Faces is doing you know they're not just doing drag queens yeah it's like more of like a variety talent show. Well, that's actually what I thought was really interesting about it, is that it wasn't, even in the pageant, it was not just drag queens. Mm-hmm. Oh. So. Yeah, it's, that's another thing I didn't really realize was before kind of getting into this, was uh, that there are drag pageants. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Uh, I think it's actually, but that's one thing I think is really interesting that I'm trying to do is kind of show that there's there's a lot more to drag than men dressing as women and yeah. I mean because for one it's not necessarily men dressing as women uh, but like, there's a lot more to it than I think a lot of people expect and, um, I think that's something we kind of mentioned earlier was that you're kind of being a multifaceted performer and uh it's it's a pretty crazy world you jump into. Like it's a really incredible one. I've I've been amazed by the people I've met and I just how sweet they are to you, to my like to myself and uh, it seems it seems like a place that if I just woke up tomorrow and decided, hey, I want to be a drag queen, they would with through some of the people I've met and through you would probably be pretty welcoming of yeah no they would most people would not hesitate to you know 
you want to put a link together, and if you want to get this going, and it would be totally down for it. See, I think I could put a look together. I don't think I could perform very well. I think that's where I lose it. Well, uh. you know, I still get nervous, even though I've gone on stage uh, quite often now. Well, I'm sure. Um, I still get butterflies, and I still get that little... To me, it's like a little, a little adrenaline rush. And um, I think that's why I like performing so much. I like feeling that almost performance high. Well, it's the same for me, even with, uh, in music, I, I mean, you put me on stage under the lights, and mm -hmm. there is that little bit of, your heart starts to beat faster, and you kind of, like, this is it, I'm, I'm here to entertain, mm -hmm. these people are here, you almost get a little bit, of, your ego kind of inflates a little bit, like, these people <laughs> are here for me, <laughs> when, generally, it's, they're here for everybody, but that's not important, and maybe that's just me, but. Uh, at that moment, I mean, at that time and moment when I have those, what, my song would be three, four, five, almost five minutes long, it's all about me. <laughs> and to see, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, um, I'm the same living, way. You're just living your best life. You're, I like to give, you know, really, you know, I like to give, you know, specific looks and... Um, I've been looking at other queens and trying to learn from them and having more because sometimes you you don't have to do anything but if you have that stage presence you can control a whole crowd like, well and that's everything uh, stage presence is if you've got it right. then that audience is so, yours you know, I know I can't really do a split or a kick which is you know very wild wild to a crowd but I feel like I've been trying to make up for this well, for stage presence. I was, about to, I was about to say, though, the shows I've seen you in, though, you, I mean, you command that audience. I try. Uh, you're very good at engaging the audience. Even, like, you may not be always be the flashiest, like like you said, doing splits or kicks, but that's not important with your the way you do it because you're very good at engaging them. And, give, like, and I learned that literally from... <clears throat> A lot of the queens from Hideaway, like, um, when I first started out, when Sharon, Sharon Needles, Roxy Red, um, uh, Guns A Blazin', when they were just, you know, when I was first going out there, I'm just like, keep moving, keep moving, like, you don't want to stop. When actually, that's a nervous thing. Sure. I, that's to just keep going, when, when actually, you know, you want to, like you said, you want to engage with them, and... I still, like, literally, you know, we're our own worst critics, and I still look back at my videos and, you know, see, I could have just, you know, I could have, you know, when you're in the hype of the moment, you just want to, like, hurry up and, like, you know, grab that money and hurry up and, like, do it, whatever, duck yeah. watch, split, whatever, when, like, honestly, like, like you said, engaging with audiences so much more. What's well, like the last show I was at, I brought my friend with me, and there was a moment I think you noticed that she had her phone was taking pictures of you. You stopped to pose. You were still, like, working, you're still performing, but you did a really good job to stop just long enough to pose for a fantastic picture and continued into it, and something like that is just as good as... Because, again, like... And, like you say, different performers just perform differently. You're... 
what I'm noticing is really good about being kind of slowing it down a bit on stage. Like, yeah. I like the first performance I ever saw you in was one that was really a pretty slow song. Uh, came out in a gorgeous gown, and we're very like you didn't. It wasn't all this fast moving like anything like that. You were really slow, really elegant, and you were amazing. You still controlled the crowd. Thank you. I like being, I like being really sensual and uh, sultry. I like being pretty sensual, sultry. Two words I tell you a lot about your drag. <laughs> um, but that again, that that works for your style really well. Your drag, when I'm like, that's one thing I've told you before is your drag makeup isn't this, like, yeah. I, I don't want to necessarily say over the top. Um, um, we can even talk about my drag makeup. Um, it's obviously not. I never claim to be an amazing makeup artist, and usually I tell people that I don't really do too dramatic makeup because if you're going to be doing dramatic makeup, I think you should be really good at it. Well, your makeup accentuates your features really well. Thank uh. you. But I think the reason why I keep it minimum is because it's, it's right now it's easy to pull off. Sure. I think once I, you know, I think once I ele- elevate my drag, I can probably pull off better makeup looks. Um, but right now, um, well, it fits what you're doing right now. I think it's the biggest. Thing. I do like my drag to be hyper feminine, and you know, um, not too dramatic. But um, like I said, it's it's still kind of. Uh, it's still easier to do what's what you're comfortable with. Yeah, of course. Um, and like for Halloween, that's when I would try something dramatic, like try something different. Yeah, and, um, and it actually looked really good. I remember seeing your Halloween looks; and it looked really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was something very different from what I'm used to seeing you do. Mm-hmm. Um, because most of the time you do tend to be a little more minimalistic. Uh, because, like you said, you like to be tend to be very hyper feminine. Uh, but your makeup is very good about being, like, showing off your features, like your facial features and stuff like that, um, and making you just making you look very like really good. Uh, not to say that people who do this more extravagant makeup don't look good. I think everyone has their own specific lane, and everyone has. You know, I love you know. Well, big uh, drag makeup, I think, you know, and I love, you know, I had uh, Roxy Red do my, you know, my makeup for the pageant because, you know, the mug she would have done was, is more appropriate for a pageant. While I don't mind doing my mug for like a club or just a regular gig. Well, and take, uh, you mentioned like this big makeup, take one of your castmates, uh, St. Mila's Valentine. She, she has really some of the most extravagant makeup I've ever seen. It's incredible. No, she really... Like... I see, love seeing her do her, her mug. Like, I, I, was, I, I think it was last night or the night before, St. Venus was doing live, doing her makeup. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I watched it because it's incredible. Like, she is mm. ridiculously talented. Mm. Uh, She's honestly, to me, she should be the queen of the club kids here in, at... In Atlanta, and I want to try to perform more at Edgewood. Hmm. And a lot of the courtesans also kind of do pretty dramatic makeup. Oh, definitely. 
like uh, my favorite chord is in Colophon. Her face is just so. In the way she contours, um, with like just so many different colors. See, that's what interests me. Is like, is you did my makeup for Pride Parade. Yeah. I mentioned that back in uh, when I interviewed Alex. Uh, and that was your first time ever doing somebody else's makeup, wasn't it? Right. And it, it wasn't the most. Well, we didn't really do much, but I mean, it wasn't much. But it, we, it was my first Pride for summer makeup. Right. But that's what really interests me about drag is the makeup looks because I'm like. I don't really wear makeup often, aside from at Pride, because I've never done it. So, speaking of someone whose makeup will look terrible, <laughs> um, like anything, it takes practice, but that's what interests me about drag a lot, is seeing these, like, the different looks queens do, but especially the different ways they paint themselves. Like, yeah, It's just another... That's what fascinates me. It's another, it's another expression, form of expression, and... Well, yeah, in some and, cases, and identity. It's, it's it's almost a work of art. Like, yeah, um, the, and the way y'all can do it is gorgeous. They paint. You're painting a canvas, basically. <laughs> um, and so that's what really interests me a lot about this is that seeing the looks y'all can do, and like you mentioned, like Saint Venus and Call of His and all like uh, and Roxy doing your makeup uh, for your yeah. pageant. I think yeah, I like. Just, it's such a big difference, like. Yeah, it's it's so it's so interesting seeing right. all these people have totally different styles, mm-hmm. and it's just so. I think that's such an interesting way that you can kind of separate your drag from somebody else's, is even just through your makeup alone. Um, and I think that's pretty amazing. It's like someone like you and even uh, Dynasty St. James do pretty. Uh, Hyper feminine, not really, not super painted looks. Whereas some of your other cast members, like Saint Venus and uh, I don't know who else. Like uh, I think all that matters is that you know all these different looks and all these different you know forms of expression are all welcome. Not just you know, there's not one way to do it. Well, that's why I think is neat you whatever way you decide to express yourself you're not doing it wrong mm-hmm. um, and I think that's a really important thing is that you can paint yourself like some crazy stuff going on or do some pretty minimal like makeup that you could walk out on the street and someone may not bat an eye at you <laughs> uh, and either way you're okay uh, you're not doing drag wrong is the end of the day. Either way, if you go out and entertain that crowd, you did it. Right. If you and if you have the confidence and you're selling it, that's all that matters. There will be people telling you no, you're doing it wrong. Um, and to them, I see that is your opinion. <laughs> yeah, and there, there you have it. Like that's you just you take the advice you want and the other stuff you smile politely and say okay right it's like anything you don't not all advice is good advice (laughs) yeah most of it probably comes from good places but it's not necessarily advice that needs to be taken um 
And so I think what I kind of want to do to wrap up the podcast is just kind of ask you, where can some of these listeners come and find you? Like, where can they see you perform around Atlanta? Well, as we've been talking about um, every week, Sunday night, um, usually around anywhere from 8.30 to 9 p.m. is when we start. I'm at Tijuana Garage in Little Five Points. We have a weekly show there. Um, unfortunately, I think this Sunday and the next Sunday, unfortunately, these couple next shows I think were canceled just because of maintenance um, at Tijuana Garage. But um, uh, I guess my next gig, at least for sure, is going to be at Friends and Pots in January, um, the second Sunday. Okay. And um, I think, I assume, um, it's usually the third Sunday of every month of Friends and Pots, we do a competition. Um, so, but since they told me that I'm doing the second Sunday, um, maybe they're doing the competition then, so I'll have to figure that out. Um, uh, let's see, um, I recently did a show at Felix Atlanta at Thursday night for Latin night, um, so I hope, um, hopefully I'll get put there again, um, I know they're going through some things. Um, but, um, we have amazing queens, uh, Dynasty St. James, uh, Lady Grey St. James, and Nick St. James, they're pushing for that show to continue there at Latin Night. Um, yeah, um, honestly, getting a gig is, you know, it's sometimes sporadic, you know. I've been trying to make connections with, uh, you know, people, and in hopes that you know I get booked. And I'm I'm patient. I'm not I'm not too forward about it. Um, I'm still confident in, um, you know, putting myself out there. But at the same time, I'm not desperate or anything. Um, I'm, but I'm very humble to you know just getting a tipping spot mm-hmm. uh, and I think you know I think artists and performers deserve you know so much they, they, they deserve like 10 times the money that they spend they, they should get 10 times the return but unfortunately it doesn't work that way yeah. unfortunately not um, so so you heard it here. You can find the beautiful and talented Demi Valentine at Tijuana Garage every Sunday at 9 p.m., as well as performing at Friends on Ponce Jan- the second Sunday of January. Uh, I will be very happily performing along with him on that show. Uh, and Demi, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so it much. It was wonderful having you. Yeah. Uh, and with that... Until next time, everybody, keep spreading the love.